Hello and welcome to Nutmeg Book Drops, Elementary Edition. This podcast is brought to you by Librarians Connect, a group of public and school librarians from throughout the state of Connecticut. Find us online at bit.ly slash librariansconnect. On each episode, we will be discussing one or more of the 2023 Elementary Nutmeg Book Award nominees. You can check these out from your local library. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our newest episode of Nutmeg Book Drops Elementary Edition. Today, we are delighted to be interviewing Mike and Nancy Dees. They are the creative team behind Shadow Island, the first book in the Sueño Bay Adventure series, which is published by Orca Books. Um, my name is Ann Poirier. I am a school librarian at Moses Y. Beach Elementary School in Wallingford, Connecticut. And I'm Maureen Schlosser, a former school librarian and classroom educator. And Mike and Nancy, would you like to introduce yourselves? I am Nancy Dees, and I am the author of the Sueño Bay Adventure series. Uh, we live on Salt Spring Island in the Gulf Islands on the Pacific Northwest born and raised out here <laughs> so we really wanted to share it with the world i'm mike the uh illustrator of the series i'm husband to nancy also obviously live on salt spring island too um i grew up here on salt spring and nancy grew up nearby on main island yeah um all part of the small group of islands awesome well welcome to you both and thank you for taking the time to speak with our nutmeg readers thank you um, for having us <laughs> yeah it's it's really exciting to yeah. <laughs> to be a part of it so you are a husband and wife author illustrator team this is your first project together right yes your first yeah. project together yeah. um tell us how you decided to work together on the sueño bay adventure series and a little bit about your process in creating the books together. We kind of started fairly organically and then our process is fairly organic too. We Years ago, I wanted to try doing my own book, a, a graphic novel. It was one called Dalen and Goal, Scandal in Port Angus. When I was working on that, I had so many questions because I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I was coming at it and looking up how to write things and and while I was working on it, I had so many questions for Nancy and she had so many tips that would really change things. As we were working on that, we found that Nancy's had way more of a knack for the characters and for the the dialogue. When it came to doing another project, it, came, it seemed just fitting that Nancy would write it and I would illustrate it. And that's led into how we work together. We're, because we live together and we do so many things together we we kind of just go back and forth and whichever's the most obvious part on the project we pick it up i've got lots of ideas he's got lots of ideas and we are happy to hear the other one's input and it just sort of kind of comes together and yes because we are together all the time <laughs> we got well i mean maybe not during the actual working process but as far as like generating ideas and sitting around at night and coming up with plot points and stuff like that or I think we've got a real fortunate situation going on that we were able to like really encourage each other and encourage a story out of each other so yeah, yeah. as far as the process I think it's a fairly natural process we together we both sit down and we come up with ideas and go around characters and um, basic storylines from there I think Nancy kind of takes it and develops it deeper then when it comes to actually 
laying out the story, we almost divide it into what seems the most natural. Like if if a scene is more dialogue led, Nancy will write out a script and then I will take that and draw it using the script. And then if it's more action led, like if a scene's, I do sketches and doodles and lay out pages and then Nancy comes along and adds the dialogue there. So we feel pretty lucky that we can work so close together. Yeah, And then everything's editable. So if I draw out a couple pages and then Nancy's like, no, this, none of this would work <laughs> with the characters, then we were able to change it really quickly and easily. Swango Bay was inspired by the island that you call home, Salt Spring Island in British Columbia, Canada. Do you also get 200 days of rain a year and have earthquakes there? And also, what are some of the best parts of living in that part of the world? don't technically get 200 days of rain. We do receive a lot of rain. I think uh, we looked it up last night and I think the I we're think about we... 160, depending on the year, yeah. you know. So we do receive a lot of rain and it in turn makes a very lush environment. As far as earthquakes go, we do get little tremors here and there, but uh, nothing massive. But Mike and I, both when we were being raised in this area as well, there was always the threat of the big one. So we it's always lurking in the back of your mind, you know, like we have our earthquake hits. And well, I think there was actually one maybe a week ago off of the coast of Vancouver there? Island. <laughs> I definitely remember imagining it as a kid, like what am I gonna do when the big one comes, you know, like. You, you know, your child imagination just runs rampant with it. So we wanted to include some of those things. They're both fear and, you know, spark adventure in your imagination too. So they're small little communities on these little islands. And yeah, Mike has mentioned, I was raised on a much smaller island than Salt Spring. So the world we created for um, the Sueno Bay Adventures is kind of a mashup of all of these little islands. And they're very, you know, full of sort of artisans and, you know, a lot of like, I don't know. It's a real, real, you know, sort of mix of fun, interesting people and lots of characters. And because I think the communities are so small, you really get to know these characters as well so it sounds really wonderful ollie k jenna and her little brother sleeves form a great team how did you develop each of these characters and did you want each of them to have certain personality traits yes we did want them to have we wanted them to have distinct personalities from each other so that they could almost in a way form a whole person you know sometimes when you're feeling scared you behave in a certain way. And sometimes when you're feeling smart, you behave in a certain way. And sometimes if you're new to a place, you, you know, so we wanted each of our characters to really be able to lead that part of the story through their lens. We have Ollie is our new to town character. So he's almost, he's kind of like our, uh, our audience there. He's learning the community in the island as much of our readers are. We wanted Kay to sort of be the voice for the old timey side of the island. She doesn't come from a lot of wealth in her family. So we wanted to her, her to sort of show that not all things are created equal, but there is happiness in her life and she's living a very fulfilling life. Jenna and um, Sleeves are, they have, you know, a lot more than perhaps the other ones do. And they're a little bit more impulsive and a little bit more 
reactive and stuff like that. And that brother sister teaming, I think a lot of kids can relate to that, or so we hope. Uh, but, and the big brother or big sister and little brother totally. kind of dynamic. I'm right? a big sister. Yeah. I know how we roll. <laughs> and I was the little brother. <laughs> I was this naughty brother. Yeah, yeah, totally. We were kind of hoping that each character would be somehow relatable for as many people in our audience as possible so that um, as the books carry on through the series, we actually sort of structured it that in the first book, Ollie is the lead character. So then in the second book, Jenna is the lead character. And then so on and down through the series, it sleeves um, is in the third and then Kay becomes the lead character of the fourth book. And we wanted that every kid that might relate to a specific character has a chance to be in the lead role. I remember reading a lot of books as a kid and thinking, oh, I'm not really like the lead character. I really want to be the leader in my own life. And you're trying hard to bend and twist. Oh, maybe I would, you know, that kind of thing. But we thought, or we just give each kid a chance to play the lead role. I love that. What a great way to develop those characters with all of those traits. <laughs> well, the next question is is about one of your characters, Ms. Grundle. And this is a spoiler alert. So if any of our Nutmeg listeners have not finished reading the book, you might want to pause here and then finish reading the book and then pick up back where you left off. But <laughs> Um, readers may develop a soft spot for Miss Grundle by the end of the story. The opening of the story hints at the other side of her. Did you intentionally include this as a clue? Was it fun creating such a mysterious character? We definitely included that as a clue and we were so thrilled that it read through for you guys and that was the case. We definitely wanted her to kind of mirror the kids because in a way the kids were sort of, they were actually up to no good as well. And she was up to no good, but had they communicated better, they might've read they were actually on the same path. And they just wanted to see these little critters come along just fine. So we have Grendel in there to sort of steer the plot along that she was trying to do the same thing, just in a different way. And part of the spoiler alert, when they do sort of clue in at this point in the end, that's when everyone's able to work together. So it was set up on purpose. And yeah, we just wanted to make sure that both sides, there's always, you know, a flip side of the coin. That's the Grundle. <laughs> She's the other side of the coin. <laughs> Will she play a large part in the later books as well? She's got a big family. How about we say that? <laughs> yeah, there's more than one Grundle. There's more than one Grundle. <laughs> yeah. That's something that we, we found in the islands as well is that there are families actually your family's a bit like that yeah. where there's we'll be talking there's, to somebody and nancy will be like oh that's actually my second cousin's like or you know some far relation and you're like oh yeah i think that's a fairly common small town yeah definitely small town deal but um yeah, yeah. we want to kind of develop that feel where everywhere you turn in the town there's another grundle right yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> <laughs> I loved finding those clues, though, in the book, like when they um, first meet the creatures and then, you know, the, it's not in the text that a little visitor is going to be joining them, but you can, you know, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. I think with um, graphic novels, and I think it's the same with children's books, it's mm -hmm. a kind of a lucky thing that well, I guess mm. film is kind of like that, too. You can you can show stuff without having to tell people stuff very you know very easily 
by um yeah yeah it's like two parallel stories that come together yeah. and kind of bounce off of each other and even um mike and i talk about it sometimes that i'm more of a reader whereas he's more into art so when i look at a graphic novel i often glance over the pictures and just read the text and he's kind of does the other side you know where he's definitely looking at the images and first sort of thing so you know different brains read things and bring things in differently sort of thing so it's a it's a really nice medium to be able to put those two together so so mike your website bio tells us that you have also worked on art and video games some of our nutmeg readers are very interested in video games can you tell us a little more about this work and how it compares to illustrating books? Yeah, so I kind of got my start doing video games. I studied animation in school because I was really interested in cartoons. I really like old Warner Brother cartoons and that kind of thing. But when I graduated, there was more jobs in video games than there was in animation. So I, I started out there and it's been kind of like an up and down road in video games. It was a, it's been a lot of fun, but I've worked on a ton of projects that haven't really gone anywhere. Some of them didn't get the first one I worked on was for two years. It was a PlayStation 2 game and it got canceled by the company that had hired the company I was working on to make it just because of some funding thing it had nothing to do with the game so i had i've had a few frustrating experiences with that but i've also had uh, more recently in the last i guess five to ten years i've been working for more um small independent video games companies so like steam games or also some roblox um games i guess they're like uh not the actual roblox game but games that are within the roblox universe and those are a lot of fun to work on because you get smaller communities of players and um the teams that are working on those games are a lot smaller and the development cycle is a lot smaller so you you actually get a lot of say in how the actual end product you can see your work actually in the game which is a lot of fun it's a very uh it's a very fun environment to work with that sounds like a lot of fun Swainio Bay Adventures is a series. Would you like to give us a few hints about what the kids in Swainio Bay might be up to in future books? Like Nancy mentioned earlier, we started out with four books in mind for the series, and each book is told from each character's perspective. And we also wanted to pick a season for each book. We've kind of fallen into a pattern. I don't think it was necessarily on purpose, where there's they sort of discover a moon creature for each book and they sort of explore that world and how how that that moon creature interacts yeah. with the environment and how they react to that lead character because each of the characters like sort of stronger personality traits sort of approaches these moon creatures differently as well so yeah so uh, on the second one we have jenna and we kind of yeah we kind of match that like you you said match the character with their personality traits we have jenna with a a big sea monster um and then sleeves with he finds these sort of small in almost insect-like fuzzy balls with wings um and now we're working with uh with Kay on the last one and they're sort of six-legged flying squirrel <laughs> sea ottery platypus things yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to basically we're just taking the kids through a year um in Sueño Bay and each of them in a season well find a, a different moon creature. So the one that comes up next after Shadow Island stars old Luna, the the sea monster. She comes into 
into a Sueño Bay. So that's the one that comes up next. Yeah, and we're talking to the publisher right now about what comes after the four, because we had initially sort of viewed it as four, and then the publishers approached us and being like, "Yeah, what's next? And we're like, okay, what is next? Because because yeah. we are enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's be been super well, fun. So. so there is a next Yeah. after oh. after the four, but it's sort of yeah. yet to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. And I love the structure of the books focusing on one character and one season. That's really great. Thanks. Yeah, that part was, that was the one that we sort of started the whole, the whole series. Definitely yeah. kind of, we thought, wouldn't it be neat if we could put it together? We're almost like a calendar year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and each person sort of having, starring the show in that season. Yeah. The weather here really changes depending on the season. Like we really get like, our summers get quite hot yeah. and quite dry. And then the, the winters are yeah. not, not we extreme. Like yeah. We don't get a ton of snow or anything like that. We, yeah. we usually get one or two days of snow a year, yeah. but maybe. very distinct seasons. So yeah. it's really easy to lean into them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great. That'll be wonderful for readers to learn more about the Island through each of the books also. Yeah. Well, we hope so. <laughs> so we also love to hear about our nutmeg creators as young readers, writers, and artists themselves. What were you reading or drawing when you were in elementary school? Well, for me, I loved adventure stories and I did draw a fair bit, but I was definitely more of a reader and I love writing stories and they were pretty outlandish, but I grew up on a farm, a fairly big size farm, and we had pretty free reign we were definitely my brother and i were kind of cut loose to go do our things and because i think of our lifestyle we were trusted with a lot of big bigger jobs around the place you know so chopping wood was not unusual for us at a young age or bringing in the hay or driving the hay trucks out in the fields or these kinds of things so all of those things kind of informed the books I picked too, because I wanted to be able to jump into that story with the mind I had. So I really enjoyed Island of the Blue Dolphins. That was one of the books I kept going back to because sort of, a, you know, a young girl surviving in an island and as it gets tougher, she just has to become tougher as well. And I really like the boxcar children as well. That was one book. And it's fun now actually, because we can sort of revisit them with our kids. So I think I've read Island of the Blue Dolphins to our girls like two or three times now. I love that book. <laughs> Moving beyond that, I kind of just got into historical fiction. For me, I um, I was definitely a, a visual learner. So I, I approached it with sort of comics and, um, and drawing. That's kind of where I got my start. Um, I really liked, and I still do, um, Calvin and Hobbes and Tintin and Asterix and Obelix. Uh, mad comics there's a I don't know what you'd call it a, a, a group of comics in in the UK called um, Bino and the Dandy and uh, I really enjoy those I read all those with the kids now so I feel like I haven't stopped yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I read them before the kids too yeah um, I'd spend a lot of time drawing as a kid too I, uh, I had a group of friends that I would draw with we'd every now and then spend our lunch hours inside with a big piece of paper. We had a couple teachers that would let us stay inside and we'd do these big pictures of uh, pirate ships or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and it was less about the actual drawing and more about the, what the characters were doing. We'd make them doing funny things like falling off the, the pirate ship or, you know, walking the plank or, I don't know what's funny about that. But <laughs> the splash. Yeah, the splash. <laughs> uh, um, and, 
Yeah, and I, I also grew up on our on a larger spot. It was an old farm. It, it wasn't a working farm, um, so we we spent a lot of time outside with uh, go karts and climbing trees and that sort of thing. That sounds wonderful, and it's nice to hear that you were encouraged by your teachers to um, to be drawing and given that uh, space and time to do it. Absolutely, yeah. I was very lucky. I think we we've been very lucky growing yeah. up where we were um, as as much as we find a few teachers like Miss Grundle, we've yeah. had so many other teachers that encouraging have been very ones. encouraging. Yeah. Um, that said, Miss Grundle is actually, spoiler alert, <laughs> nice too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I had um, Mr. Kreswick was one of the teachers I had as a kid, and he was amazing. He would allow me to do projects that were in comic form. Um, so I'd almost approach the the project, you know, if it was a, a history project. I remember I did one on the Beatles or I did one on the universe. And those are the ones that I learned stuff out of. And I remember because I would almost start visually and lay it out and do pictures. And then I would add the the information and the text to, to go along with it. So I think um, that sort of really helped. Did you always know um, you wanted to be drawing for your, uh, for your career? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, well, when I, I guess when I was really young, I don't know why, but I wanted to be a hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> I sat on it for years and then I... You still could, yeah, Mike. You still, still can. Could, you can yeah. still do that if you um, want to. <laughs> but yeah, no, as, as far as I I think I I took it more seriously, I, I've always wanted to. Yeah. And I figured that that's something you could actually do. I think I just... And my dad always, always really encouraged me. Well, my mom and dad both encouraged me. Nancy, did you always love to write? Oh yeah, I definitely did. But I didn't, I'm more erratic and we can say. <laughs> I've done a little bit of everything. I think I'm more of a jack of all trades, but writing is one of the things I feel most passionate about. I really do enjoy it. So, and I did have a mix of teachers. I had some that were encouraging and I had one that ripped out every page of my journal because my penmanship wasn't up to snuff. So that, all of those things for better or worse, definitely, you know, I was a real messy kid. I totally had ideas coming out of everywhere. So, but story writing was definitely something that I definitely really enjoyed. And I still do. <laughs> we kind of have a rule while we're working that um, we throw no idea out, no matter how silly it seems or how out there. Mm -hmm. um, and we found that really helps because um, though something might seem off or messy at the beginning it it can lead to the the final it might be the, the answer you need yeah it might little, be the thing yeah. or the creative twist oh, no matter how an outlandish yeah. like and it can almost be really tough coming up with stuff that's outlandish enough to yeah. to make it interesting i i mean um, honestly our our creative process it definitely we we literally draw a line out and we have I just we just keep taping paper together and it is a well it is a mess it's a total mess yeah. and it works and you know if it was written in red ink we know it was done on a thursday or you know we so we'd like oh i think we wrote that but we just let it keep going and hope we can decode our, our notes later down the road. <laughs> that is the trick to be able to make it digestible by someone in the end. Mike and Nancy Dees, it has been amazing talking with you both today. We're so appreciative of your time. Our Nutmeg readers are going to love hearing 
a little bit of background from Shadow Island, and we can't wait to read all of the Sueño Bay Adventures series. So on behalf of our Connecticut Nutmeg readers, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you very much for having us, and I hope your Nutmeg readers enjoy the ones to come. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, and thank you for, for reading our books. It's, it, we feel so lucky to be able to, to share them, so thank you very, very much. That's it for this week's episode of Nutmeg Book Drops Elementary Edition. You can find out more about our podcast at our website, bit.ly slash librariansconnect. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified when the next episode drops. Thanks so much for listening.